one of my first principles of social media to manage your own mental and social and even physical and occupational financial health is to say, where do I really need to be? Do you need to be on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Snapchat, TikTok, all these places? Like, like where do you actually derive joy? What do you use the different platforms for? And can you map that out almost like a spreadsheet? Like, do I really need this in my life? Hey guys, welcome to the Mind Muscle Connection. I'm Joe Klimzessi with Tyler Weeb. Today, I want to talk about how to manage not just your sanity in this social media era, but what it really has done to us in an anthropological sense because of, of our attention being so assaulted, uh, hypervigilance being much more of a factor because we're always on guard with things happening around us or even to us through social media. So obviously not a, a novel topic. Everybody, I think, is talking about this in some way, Tyler, because we're all impacted by it. But I want to start with a story of how it's useful and yet how we need to really focus on how to manage it. One of my clients owns a construction company, and he's a bit of an old soul kind of guy. Even though he's only in his, his early 40s, he's very traditional and old school. And every time he talks about a problem in his business, it's always where he has to step in and get in the middle of, of miscommunication or uh, poor expectation management with clients. And I said, you know, after hearing this for a year, and we've talked about it here and there, uh, you know, it's it's clear that you're you're just not living up to today's expectations in a world where amazon invented one click shipping and social media means everybody is with a smartphone in their hands constantly on you're not and people are getting frustrated so i said you have this crew 50 100 guys 12 projects going on all the time and yet nobody's taking care of those people until they scream for your attention what if you just had somebody in your office reach out every day to the people whose projects you are working on? You know, hey, Betty, here's what we're doing at your house today. Just want to show you an update, some pictures. Here's a couple questions the guys had. You know, hey, Bob, working on your commercial office building, still on schedule, blah, blah, blah. Instead, you're just assuming everybody is okay and they're they're waiting for communication. That's the kind of problem I think we're all facing because on in a good sense, that's what we're used to. Quick communication, everybody's quote connected, but that means there are fewer boundaries and we're constantly getting information. And, and I gave him the example. I said, you know, I just made an appointment with my doctor. What did I do? I went online, made the appointment, instantly got a, a text confirmation, an email confirmation. I'll get more coming up. You know, there are all these things. I'll, I'll get a survey afterwards, all these things that are incredibly automated, but yet it's taking care of potential problems before they happen. Now, the problem is we have all this shit flying at us all the time and, and we're, we're stuck trying to filter through information all the time. So I, I'm just curious as, as a father, as a husband, as a business owner, as a coach, I know you have to have felt in the last 10 or 15 years this this rise of all of this attention need. And, I, and I'm curious how you've handled it and if you think it's well, like if you've had to 
check yourself and take breaks and social media fasts and things as people do. Yeah. I remember when social media used to be fun. <laughs> like you actually enjoyed going on it and you actually enjoyed like sharing things and sharing pictures. Like, I mean, so, I mean, I'm 34. So right as I was like, you know, tail end of high school, beginning, beginning of high school, that's when like social media really started to take off with MySpace. Like that was kind of the very first one. You know, I think that maybe I might be wrong. There was more than likely a few others, but I think one that really kind of caught everybody by storm, you know, that was kind of the first one. And then Facebook took off and that was really doing, it was just, you know, pictures of us partying on the weekends. And that was, you know, you're posting literal updates, you know, minute by minute. Oh, Tyler is doing this. And so I remember when that used to be fun and, and enjoyable. And honestly, like, I've never personally felt like I've had to take social media breaks because I don't consume a whole lot of social media. Like I try not to consume a whole lot. So, you know, there's maybe a couple of points, you know, where, you know, I had some body dysmorphia and there were some issues and I had to go, Hey, okay, I've just got to start on following this kind of stuff. But, you know, kind of, you know, since then and throughout, I don't think I've really ever had any major issues with it just because I don't really like it. <laughs> like I, I'm in a little a bit of an old soul in that sense of, you know, I'd rather just keep to myself. And that's, you know, that's probably the introvert in me as well, where, you know, I don't need to put myself out there. I don't need to let people know what I'm doing. I have no desire for that. I don't really care what most other people are doing either, unless they're within my close circle of, of friends and family. So I might be a little bit different on that end for, for a lot of people, or it's just hasn't never been much of an issue for, for myself in that sense. So that's where I tend to land. And then obviously as a, you know, as a business owner and a coach, there's the other end of it where it's almost expected that we're on it all of the time. That is our resume. We should be, you know, posting X amount of stories per day. Like, you know, I've gone through one of those marketing things. Like it is pretty crazy on what is out there, what people will do with their social media, how much they're on it, like how much of a science they have it down to and, you know, how many stories they post, what kind of stories they're posting in terms of marketing, copyright, pictures. Like it, it's a very, very big business and a very big part of what we do. And so it's very hard to, kind of get away from it and not just have it be a part of your life. Well, that's exactly what I find the most tension for myself and the most stress where it's like, I don't, I, if I didn't have to, I probably wouldn't have Instagram. I don't think I'd have Facebook. I don't think I'd have anything. Like I just wouldn't, but I have to, because it's expected of me nowadays to, to have that kind of stuff and, and be active on it. Well, that's exactly why I started with a business example, because I think even in our personal lives, we have to treat it like we would a business. And I have a bit of a metaphor as to why we seem to not be able to accept that. But let me start with the fact that when I, you know, I was probably one of the first adopters for just, you know, what used to be called PDAs and then they became smartphones and so forth. And, and of Not course it was, it was great for me to have better access to business needs and, and communicate with early clients that way. And I remember my wife would always think like, it was just fun for me. Like you're always looking at your phone. And I probably was too often because it was a new thing. It was very novel. And then as soon as she got a smartphone, 
I, I literally did this little experiment. Like I could not get her off of her phone. Like if, if she was like a teenage kid and yeah. in, in just a few months, I took a thousand photos. I actually have them numbered one, two, all the way to a thousand of course you do. <laughs> on her phone in all, yeah. every context, like literally yeah. like brushing your teeth on her phone, you know, sitting on the toilet, on her phone, in bed, on her phone, on an yeah. airplane, on her phone. But then, it, yeah. but then it, it waned. It's like you get a little bored. Like it's okay. I'm done with that. I'm spending. Like we all come to that realization where it's it's consuming too much of us, and we put it aside. And I I think you end up if you are mature enough in that space, like a business owner. Here's what I have to do. You mentioned it. I have to post this. I do this. I do this. It's very algorithmic. And then I walk away. I quote did my job. If you have time, like maybe it's like somebody 50 years ago sitting down and reading the Sunday morning paper, right? It's like, this is my social, I'm just going to catch up tonight, but you give yourself a time limit. You don't, you don't go under the guise that I have to exhaust it. Like I have to make sure I read every comment. Every friend has posted on all of these platforms. It's just, I'm going to limit myself for these reasons and put it down and walk away. If you can maintain a healthier relationship like that. And the reason we're talking about this in a fitness crowd I think for fitness, including mental and relational and social, you have better things to do than spend. What is the average person now using like seven hours of screen time a day, something like that. I know we've talked about it. Yeah. Where it's like, yeah, if you drop those hours, you could learn, you could master one new skill a year. I think we've (laughs) kind of mentioned it before with those hours. Yeah, totally. You know, and, and and that's why it's so funny to me when people ask me those questions, like, how do you do so much? How do you do this? How do you have so many degrees? How do you do this? How do you have all these companies? Because I don't waste time doing stuff that I don't want to do. If I feel like I have to do something like this, that's a bad sign. I, I you shouldn't have to do something. It's because you want to. So you know, one of my first principles of social media to manage your own mental and social and even physical and occupational financial health is, is to say, where do I really need to be? Do you need to be on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook? Snapchat, TikTok, all these places. Like, like, where do you actually derive joy? What do you use the different platforms for? And can you map that out almost like a spreadsheet? Like, like, do I really need this in my life? And I've heard a lot of big name people just start doing that recently when Elon Musk bought Twitter and they saw that just turn into a shit show. And so many people said, wow, I got off of Twitter. I can't believe how much better my life is. I didn't realize I tweeted a hundred times a day. I didn't realize blah, blah, blah. And it just, it consumes you if you let it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, they've created it to consume you. (laughs) So yeah, like I I was listening to somewhere where it's like, even if you just pause like one second on like a headline, they'll be able to read that and start tailoring more to you personally because they kind of see what you'll stop on. And so yeah, I think, you know, viewing it as that, as just another just another part of the business now, right? And I think it's that hard switch of of starting to look at it that way because, yeah, it, it can feel like you're supposed to be it on all the time and you have all of these rules and, and things like that. So, yeah, it, I'm curious to see where, you know, things will go over the next 10, 15 years with it too. And and where, you know, we're at at this point and where are now things with, you know, the development of AI, all of that more now, like how is this going to continue to drive business and your business? Because 
chances are it's not going away and it's just going to continue to evolve. Um, so yeah, I'd be curious to see what it's going to look like, you know, over the next five, 10 years. Well, in my opinion, it, it will be of course, normalized. If, if you look at the generation now that mm-hmm. was born with an iPhone in their hands, it's, it's just external consciousness and teens and that generation that are having some serious problems because some of them personality psychology wise just don't know how to interface with it for their their better health but you if if you just use it as you would your brain like you have a thought you have a question what's the first thing you do typically if you have a question you immediately ask jeeves you pick up your phone and you uh <laughs> You know, you literally go to search and, yeah. and I don't think that kind of thing is bad. You know, that's, yeah. that is literally just making us smarter. It's probably going to delay things like AI, as you're describing, maybe Neuralink where, you know, people said one day, you know, very soon we will we'll just have to think a thought and we'll have a connection to the internet in our brain yeah. as of an implant, an electrode, and we'll get that answer. Yeah. I, I mean, there are some real issues with that. But, you know, this this is the replacement for that. But you just have to be able to say, you know, how I'm using it to win. Um, what's what's the biggest pet peeve you have with other people and and their use of that kind of technology? What do you, what do you mean? Like that they're using it in my presence or just how people use it in general? OK, so, well, you since you said that, that's kind of what I, agree, I was. Yeah, I should for. never at, never answer a question with another question. I'm pretty sure that's a rule. <laughs> no, I mean, no, it was uh, that was, that was <laughs> perfect. I, I yeah. at least elicited something that I wanted there in that, like, if you and I were having this conversation right now in this podcast and you're in the middle of a thought and you see me look down and start doing this, like, how does that feel to you? It like, doesn't feel great because, it, yeah, right? You're not paying attention. It totally. tells me that you don't care what I'm saying. I 100% am not paying yeah. attention. Every once in a while, I'll look up and nod like I am, and I didn't hear a fucking thing you said for the last two minutes. Yeah, and this that is, is very frustrating. That is unbelievably, like, the worst part about this kind of technology. Yeah. Most of that is driven by social media. It's not like I really needed to check the weather during our conversation or I'm checking my stock portfolio. Like I'm probably, I probably just got a message from somebody, bing. And so I got to check that. I I divert my attention from you to that. Yeah. If you understood socially how damaging that is to relationships and how much social capital you lose in that moment, you just wouldn't do it. Here's here's my point about why I think it's, it's still a net positive on a whole. Anything that you want to learn, something that is a great interest of yours right now, you're really working on it or a hobby, I guarantee you will take your phone, internet, technology, social media, and you will dive a million times deeper than you ever could. You can find so much information so fast, learn so much quicker, tutorials, everything at your fingertips, as long as you just pay attention to how you allocate your your time on it. Uh, and so I, I just don't want to be one of those people who say, oh, it's, it's awful. It's the worst thing ever. It's destroying our culture. Uh, <laughs> it, it, is, it is the single best thing you could ever have, which is access to knowledge. If you just know how to maintain your own yeah. mental and social health personally and with other people. Well, and it's even so too of like, 
what is it? Having that face-to-face conversation, that eye contact, that's releasing certain hormones between us. We're, we're now developing this bond in this relationship. And so just even putting it away and, you know, continuing to communicate face-to-face is like, it's just so important of being a, a, a human animal, uh, you know, that we just know how to communicate and have that conversation of face-to-face instead of hiding behind that screen and, and putting that thought out. And like, there's no facial expressions. There's no nuance. Like, you know, everybody jokes, like we need to have a sarcastic font, right? Like, because you can never tell if someone's being funny, they're being a dick or they're being sarcastic. I don't know. I can't tell. There's no nuance to that, you know, sentence that's on the page in front of me. And so just even in that sense too, you know, being able to to put it away and, and interact in a more, you know, conscious way instead of having the external conscious is I think pretty important to consider too. Like even as a coach, like every, like every time I've had an issue with miscommunication with a client, it's been through an email. Never have I had an issue in miscommunication when I've created a video that shows my face. And like, that's why I don't even do phone calls with potential clients. I do video calls whenever possible. One, because it's a lot more comfortable for me because like people can see, you know, my facial expressions, I'm joking, I'm smiling. You know, I've had, you know, I very much talk that way. I talk with my hands. So I just even think that is an important thing to consider too. And in how we even treat our business with social media and, and, you know, putting our say ourself out there so that we can get that nuance. Well, and the reason I thought this was an important topic for our audience, besides it just being socially dominant right now and critically important for our mental health, the time suck that this takes away from us, as well as the the negativity it can bring into our lives, is just one of the biggest things you could could slide into that negative category for your overall total health. Uh, I'm sure some people have gone to bed reading social media, stayed up a little bit longer, you know, sleep is important for recovery, and then you go to bed in a negative state of mind because either social comparison or just reading bad news. Um, I have almost gotten to the point, too, where I'm going to leave my phone in the living room because, as I've talked to you before, my nighttime reading is less now because the thing I do first is, well, hey, when I lay down, let me just check a couple things first. 30 minutes later, now I'm so tired, I don't want to pick up that book I've been reading. And and it does that to every part of our lives, including the time we could be spending doing a little meal prep or just getting better sleep or just something that is better for our physical health pursuits. I'm telling you, those kind of things add up because of the dominant time that this just takes from every day. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. No, no, no other, no other words of wisdom for your, your clients. Well, what are you, you going to tell your daughter someday? Like, like when are you going to give her a phone and when are you going to let her on social media? I, I, that, and, and that's a good question. Um, because you know, it, there's, I mean, there's two parts to it too, right? It, one part is like, you don't get her a phone. It's like, she's going to be ostracized at a certain point. Like that's just going to be the reality because that's all how like her friends are probably going to communicate. So it's, it's, and again, what's going to, what's it going to look like in the next five years? Right. I mean, she's two now. I would for sure like to think, you know, 10 at minimum. I mean, even to me, that seems a little early, but 
you know, who knows what it's going to be like at that point. I mean, you're seeing, you know, two, three-year-olds already with iPads and phones nowadays. And so for sure, for sure, like until like, what's like the development of a, of a, like, it's like eight, like there's kind of like that first initial development between like zero and eight years old or for brain development, something along those lines. I, I can't remember, but at least to that point, whatever that is. <laughs> what? So I'm going to give you some fatherly advice. This is what we get down to. Yeah. This, this, this could be part of like every, the way we end every podcast. Some fatherly uh, advice. Now that I'm a grandfather for yeah. raised children. Uh, it's never, ever, ever a good idea to avoid things entirely, to just pretend they don't exist. Like you said, all of their peers have self, et cetera. So you say, no, look, here is a gift of technology. This is a high, high privilege to have this. Let's talk about some ground rules. Let's talk about how this thing can help you. Let's talk about how this thing can hurt you. When you get this, that we need some ground rules, just like when you got your first bike, you would put training wheels on your bike. You don't get to ride across a freeway. Like there are things that we do to keep you safe. We need to talk about a lot of things that you have access to on this phone and you just start teaching them how to deal with it. That alone will put you in the 99th percentile of parents who never even have the maturity to do that. Here's the but phone. If you just say, no, you don't get one of these till you're 16. And my point to that, Tyler, the reason I brought it up, is that's exactly what we don't do with ourselves. We need to give ourselves those same kind of boundaries so that we continue to use this as a positive force and tool in our lives and not let it hurt us. Yeah, right? I mean, we have all of these tools, even as coaches, right? We have all of these tools in our toolbox, we say, to to help clients out, right? Different methods, different ways of going about things because you know, each one's going to be able to fit. And so, yeah, it's the exact same for us, right? In in terms of business, like it it can be negative and it's easy to be negative, but there is a lot of that positive to it. If you can learn how to utilize it properly for yourself, for your clients and and for your business. Yeah. Well, a little bit lighter and more practical of a topic, which we do get a little dark sometimes here for some reason. (laughs) philosophy type stuff goes that direction but uh appreciate all that good stuff hope you guys did as well and we'll see you next time in the mind muscle connection